coming up on today's episode, Brian Flores fired? Is that real? Oh, it's real. Brian Flores has been officially dismissed as the head coach for the Miami Dolphins, and I have a lot to say, a lot to talk about that. Definitely want to hear my reaction. I could not believe it, but a lot of stuff to get into right there. That's definitely going to start things off. And then, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the recap against the Patriots that we won the game and finished the season 9-8-1 and eight and one in the last nine. So, is it a positive podcast? I guess you'll see. But Dolphin fans, buckle up, because we got a lot of shit to talk about. And obviously, after that... NFL predictions, they still go through. Even though the regular season is over, we got playoffs to talk about. I will give my predictions about that. Then NBA and Heat Talk to wrap things up. As always, all that coming up on the Miami Sports Vibes Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast, and we got some breaking news to talk about. Typically, on a Tuesday morning, when you guys listen to this podcast, I'm always just immediately breaking down that game from Sunday, whether the Miami Dolphins won or lost, and it sure has been a lot of wins throughout the past couple months, so it's been a lot of fun, but hey, we can't even go there just yet. Of course, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into the recap. We're going to get into the season and review as obviously our season came to an end. But we got breaking news to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the breaking news that happened yesterday. Monday morning, the Miami Dolphins wasted no time and hit us all, the whole fan base, with a curveball. I don't think anybody expected the news to be released. And that is with the firing of Coach Brian Flores. So Stephen Ross, Miami Dolphins owner, put out a statement right early in the morning and the Dolphins announced that head coach Brian Flores has been relieved of his duties, completing his third season as a head coach, where he finished 24-25, and 25, had a positive record last season at 10-6, and six, and then this season going 9-8. and eight. So back-to-back consecutive winning years for the Dolphins, which I believe hasn't happened since 2003, if I'm not mistaken. You know, you look at his record, 24-25, and 25, you're like, that's not even that good. I mean, if you guys know what Brian Flores came here and started with that first season, it was a mess. I mean, the roster completely sucked. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick with pretty much nobody else out there, and he was able to have them competitive. Everybody had us circled in as probably the number one overall pick, the worst team in the NFL, probably lucky to win two games, and he pulled out five wins out of that season. So that's where the losses kind of racked up. But if you look at the season after that, he went 10 and 6. The following season, he went 9 and 8. So he's been really really impressive since that. And I was just completely shocked. I mean, my instant reaction was just like, "Wow." You know, waking up and seeing the news right away. That's all I can say is just, "Wow." I mean, I did not expect it. I did not see it coming especially following the way that Flores had got these guys to play, got this defense to believe. I mean, they went 8-1 and one in their last nine games. Like, say what you want, miss the playoffs, whatever. That's impressive. I mean, you lose a locker room when you go 1-7 and seven to start the season. You lose things. Like, he didn't lose the locker room at all. I mean, you know, there's a bad relationship with Tua, and that's well documented. Everybody knows. Everybody who watches feels it. The fan base knows it. 
But the chemistry and the entire locker room as a whole, I feel like they kind of like playing for Brian Flores. I mean, and you also saw the reactions on Twitter. You saw Nick Needham, like he was upset about it. Christian Wilkins as well. There was a lot of people, Brandon Jones, that were just really thrown off and disappointed. And a lot of the fan base I know was disappointed as well, you know, saying that this was a mistake. Like, how could you get rid of Flo? Flo is not the problem. My reaction to this, besides just being completely shocked, is that I I don't know. Like, I'm honestly torn because I look at the positives, but I also look at the negatives. Brian Flores was far from a great head coach. You've seen what he was able to do as a defensive guy. All right? Defensive coordinator, hey, if you could hire Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator, that's icing on the cake, but... Obviously, that's not the case. Like, the dude is going to be a head coach, and he's going to be a head coach somewhere, so we're going to have to face this guy down the line. But back to what I was saying, he wasn't a great head coach, okay? He had a lot of moments where he was outcoached, particularly this season. You look at the game against Jacksonville. Flores was outcoached on that. That game, Urban Meyer and the Jaguars were basically saying, yo, outsmart us, you got this game. And Flores choked. You look at another game against the Raiders, Gruden, facing Gruden as well. So many mistakes Gruden made, and Flores failed to capitalize. The decision-making was bad. Hiring the right staff was bad. This guy goes through offensive line coaches year in and year out, offensive coordinators year in and year out. You're not showing me much. Like, that's part of your job. Your job can't just be, let me be special on one side of the ball, which is defense, and then completely suck on offense. And then you also hear about the personality things, that he rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Obviously, him and Greer weren't seeing eye to eye, and that's something that shocked me personally because I was always, you know, in the mindset of Greer and Flores are working together, so you get rid of one, you got to get rid of both. And apparently that wasn't the case. Apparently him and Greer were actually not getting along, and that's just another reason as well. And then you also see, and you guys have, if you listen to my podcast, you know, Coach Flores and Tua have not seen eye to eye, and I have been the one probably the most upset about it. And I still am to to this day. I completely hate from the jump the way Flores has treated Tua, has reacted to the media when asked questions about Tua and the trade rumors. Like, I don't even give a shit if the rumors were true about the trade rumors, about wanting Watson. If you're the head coach of this team, and you got that young quarterback, and he's your quarterback of your football team, you got to do what you got to do. I don't care if you lie. I mean, you got to sit up there and defend that damn quarterback and show belief in him. You can't just downplay everything and think it's going to be all right. Absolutely not. So there's a lot of things that went wrong with Tua. I mean, with Flores. And being outcoached is a big deal. Not hiring the right staff is a big deal. Not getting along with your quarterback, especially, is a big fucking deal. I know people are upset, but look at it that way. He was not a great head coach. Could he be? Maybe. But, I mean, if you're not able to hire the right staff and you're not able to fix offense, then offense is what wins games. I mean, offense is what gets you to the championship at the end of the day. But I love him. I love for what I love what he did from a defensive standpoint. I'm not gonna lie to you. I can't just go here and shit on Brian Flores saying that he sucked. I'm just saying he wasn't great. Okay. What he did that first season was impressive. What he did the second season going ten and six was impressive. 
this season. Terrible, terrible, terrible throughout that first half. But the fact that you didn't lose that locker room, you twisted around, you finished 8-1 and one to finish 9-8, and eight, that's impressive shit. Not losing the lock- locker room either, that's impressive shit. So I give him his credit where credit is due. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal defensive-minded guy. I mean, he's been turning it up ever since the winning streak. Like, that winning streak happens because of the defense and because of flow. Like, that was all him. So I do understand the frustrations, and me, I'm just surprised. So I can't tell you that I'm pissed off or that I'm happy because this is something that we're just going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see who's going to be the next head coach. There's rumblings about it could be Harbaugh, which I absolutely don't want. It could be Caldwell. I don't want him either. You got Eric Bieniemy out there. I would like that guy. You got uh, Brian Dayball. I would like that as well. Those are two guys that I'm really, really interested in. Those are guys that have great offensive minds that can fix things that we need. But I'm honestly, I'm surprised, though, that we kept Chris Greer. I always thought they were both hand-in-hand, but even though they're not, and we found that they weren't seeing eye-to-eye, I thought still, like, if you get rid of one, why not just get rid of all? I mean, if you're going to swap head coaches, then swap the damn GM, too. Just start from the ground up. Like, have this new GM and this new head coach come in here, evaluate the team, build their own staff, choose their quarterback, whether they want to or whether they want to pursue Watson, try to get Aaron Rodgers, whatever the case is. Like, let the new GM and coach work together as newcomers and figure it out for there. That's where I would have been most comfortable as a fan. But this whole thing with, like, getting rid of the coach but keeping Greer, that, I don't know. I don't think that's the right move. I really don't. I think Greer should have been fired. That I have a reaction to. I absolutely thought that Chris Greer should have been fired. I mean, Chris Greer has had his time here. Come on. You got a couple picks right, but you did a lot of wrong things as well. I'd rather just build from the ground up when it comes to the coaching staff, when it comes to the GMs. That's what I would have rather have done personally, but that's just me. But this whole thing is a kind of wait and see approach for me. Like I can't give my reaction and say it's a bad move or it's a good move because you know what? We got to see who the next guy is. I mean, if the next guy we hire comes in here and lights it up, then we just sound stupid if we're mad about this, right? So we kind of got to wait and see. And you know what? Chris Greer is going to show me a lot. Chris Greer especially, like, if he gets this wrong again, I mean, oh, my goodness. All eyes are on Greer now. Like, Greer, you better get this shit right. And the whole thing about there's a rumor saying that because Flores got fired, two is safe. I don't know if that's the case, but I can, I can tell you this. You know the relationship wasn't good with Flores and Tua. And I know a lot of the fan base loves Tua. I love Tua as well. Do I think he's going to be great? Like I said on my previous podcast, I just don't know. I don't think so. I think he's going to be better than average. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be serviceable. I think he's going to be in this league for a long time. But do I think he's going to be elite? And by elite, I'm talking about like top five, top six. I don't see it. But he has a lot of tools that obviously he can develop into a player. I don't know if getting rid of Flores saves him. Honestly, but I think it's a step because I don't think like if you chose to keep flow, I think Tua would have requested a trade this time. They got rid of flow and maybe that makes a decision easier for the next guy 
because the next guy can talk right away. Have that convo with Greer. Have that convo with Ross. You like Tua or not? Like, let's not flip-flop back and forth. So we'll see how it goes. I just had to address that right before we got into the recap. But now that that's set in stone, let, let's talk about it. So Miami Dolphins finished the season going 9-8, and eight, finishing the season going 8-1 and one in the last nine games, which is impressive shit, honestly. Beating the New England Patriots 33-24 to 24 at home at Hard Rock Stadium, where there was a lot of New England Patriots fans. And I'm just glad we beat their ass, sweeping the New England Patriots, winning both times. Duke Johnson had himself a freaking game. 25 carries for 117 yards and a touchdown. Listen, this is a great, great story for a guy that was a Miami Hurricane. Like, I'm trying to bring Duke Johnson back for another year. I mean, why not? Like, that whole signing of Malcolm Brown and the Jordan Howard the previous year, you got what you wanted, and that's Duke Johnson. Like, how about we bring him back? Not to say that I want him to be my lead back. I'd rather draft one. Let's not get it that twisted. But having a guy like Duke Johnson who can give you that juice here now and then, I would love to keep him around. Uh, Jalen Waddle, five receptions for 27 yards and a touchdown. Not a huge, huge game, but hey, the rookie Jalen Waddle got the rookie receptions record. So most receptions by a rookie in NFL history beating Anquan Bolden. Shout out to Jalen Waddle. I mean, having over 100 yards receiving, sorry, 100 receptions and 1,000 yards receiving in his rookie season, like that's impressive shit. So we got that right. We got the right wide receiver in a Miami Dolphin uniform, and that better stay the case. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa also 15 for 22, 109 yards, no interceptions, got sacked once, one touchdown pass only. He had five carries for 38 yards, including a 23-yard run. He had two key scrambles that were big time. I really, really liked the toughness in him and the will for him to, you know, tuck the ball and run and basically say, you're going to have to bring me down because I'm not stopping. So I do like that. The performance overall, again, I don't really like it. I mean, 109 yards, one touchdown. What is that about? So that now goes four straight games for Tua in a row that I didn't like. And I could, I could read them right off to you. So against the Jets, 196 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. After that, the Monday night football game against the Saints, 198 yards, one touchdown, one interception. So back-to-back games, you can't even crack 200 yards. Then against Tennessee, 205 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. The fumble, obviously the disaster where we only put up three total points. I talked about that enough. And then last game of the season, prove me something, 109 yards only, one touchdown, no interceptions. My feelings about Tua remain the same. And if you guys didn't listen to my last podcast, I gave a, an evaluation on him. Whether he can be better, that's obviously yet to be seen. We'll see if it's in a Dolphins uniform or somewhere else. Obviously, decisions are going to be made and be made very, very soon. With this new head coach, whether we want to keep Tua or try to pursue Rodgers or Deshaun Watson, whatever the case is, that's my evaluation through his career so far. Obviously, it can change, but we'll see. Overall, Tua finished the season 2,653 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Obviously, has a positive record. You can say a lot of it has to do with the defense, that's for sure. I think I agree with that statement. But right now, it's just, it's so hard to really 
dive into many things with the whole firing of Coach Flo because all of us are in shambles right now. I mean, we just don't know what's going to happen, and there's a lot of question marks that we need answers to in order to really dive into anything about Tua and the team. Like, we have so many issues. Offensive line is a priority. Draft another another wide receiver so that Jalen Waddle can hit play his position and take the top out of defenses. That's something. Obviously, getting a running back. That's another thing. Adding another pass rusher, why not? That would be big time. And the quarterback situation. So these are all things that are obviously a priority for the Dolphins. We're going to see how that goes. Obviously, as news breaks, I'm going to break it down. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to give my reactions, whether I like the head coach, don't like the head coach, what we do with the whole signing. If we sign Rodgers, sign somebody, obviously we have a lot of money in cap space. So any head coach is going to be stepping into a pretty good situation. Okay, you got a team that finished 8-1 and one in the last nine games. You got a young quarterback, whether you can decide if you want to keep him. You got a elite quarterback in Deshaun Watson if you want to take him on. You got the money in cap space. You fix this offensive line, do what you got to do offensively, which is why I want Eric Bieniemy really bad because I think he can literally fix all these holes we have quickly. Then we're going to go from there. But, yeah, Dolphins ended up with a season win, 33-24. to Like I said, winning eight of their last nine games to end the season bittersweet feeling man it's just I was sad and mad and happy at the same time it was a mix of emotions and the reason why is obviously because we all expected this Dolphins team to just get be that team to make it to the playoffs you know win 11 games at least 10 maybe 12 and they fell short of that but obviously going from one and seven to nine and eight finishing eight and one of those last nine like I said it's hard to say but I was kind of excited I was excited and sad. That was my emotions because just the way this team, you know, came within, had that chemistry, found something that wasn't there, believed in each other, had fun, a bunch of smiles, and it was a good-ass fun last couple months of the season. I mean, so much fun. I wish we flipped the switch earlier, but nonetheless, I mean, credit to the Dolphins, man. Credit to the Dolphins players, the defense, Coach Flores, all of them, everybody, Everybody, collective effort. I mean, they, they literally played their asses off. They fought. They fought. They did enough to give themselves a chance. Obviously, it was up to us, and we couldn't win nine in a row. Winning nine in a row to go to the playoffs, I mean, that was a, a lot to ask for. Nobody to blame but ourselves, though. We put ourselves in this situation, and we, had, we also put ourselves in a situation where we could have got out of it, and we lost. So we can't feel bad, but just impressive stuff. All right, and I can't freaking wait. I want this offseason to kick up, starting with this head coach, what we do at quarterback, talking draft stuff. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, Dolphin fans. So just because the season's over does not mean I'm stopping these Dolphins talk and these Dolphins segment. Those of you guys know when I first started this podcast, I was throughout the whole season getting you guys covered with mock drafts and all the latest news. So we're going to keep that going. Stay tuned, Dolphin fans, because we got a lot to talk about. Obviously, the NFL playoffs are here, so enjoy that. Obviously, we wish the Dolphins were in it, but hey, we get to root against the Bills, and we get to root against the Patriots, so fingers crossed, hopefully they get eliminated early, and at that point, once they get eliminated, let's just enjoy the playoffs, everybody. All right, so the NFL season is officially over, regular season that is, and we go right 
into the NFL playoffs. But just because the NFL season's over does not mean we got to stop with these predictions. We're going, bringing this thing all the way to the Super Bowl. So without further ado, this time for the segment, NFL Predictions. All right, so heading into lat, well, to this past week, obviously I had a crazy, crazy week the week before, going 11 and four with the straights and 12 and three against the spread. Look to keep those records positive. So heading into the week, I was 76 and 42 with the straight picks and 63 and 57 against the spread. That huge 12 and three record helped me out. But week 18, final week of the NFL season. It was a big, big week for me to kind of stay afloat, and it wasn't great record rise, but I stayed afloat, okay? I went 8-8 eight and eight with the straight picks and 7-9 and nine against the spread, making my record straight picks 84-50 and 50 and against the spread 70-66, and 66. so four games above 500 against the spread. I'm determined. I cannot go negative, okay? So pressure is on for the playoffs so we're gonna start things right away obviously not a lot of games because it's playoff season and it starts off saturday with the las vegas raiders taking on the cincinnati Bengals in cincinnati they will be starting wild card weekend first game of the playoffs cincinnati is favored by six points the raiders winning four in a row to get to the playoffs shout out to them with a memorable unbelievable finish the Sunday night football. What a freaking game that was. Justin Herbert balled the hell out. Derek Carr was okay, but the Raider defense and the Raider nation, they were out there. They got things done and they get in. All you can ask for is a chance. And I believe this is going to be Derek Carr's first playoff game. The Raiders made it before when he was on the roster, but he didn't start that game. If you guys remember this time he's starting. And he's going against the Cincinnati Bengals, who obviously won the division. Joe Burrow looks incredible. Since he minus six, I'm going to say I like that. Give me the Bengals laying six and give me the Bengals straight up. First playoff game down. That sets us up to this matchup. And Dolphin fans, we win either way here. The New England Patriots are taking on the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night. Buffalo is favored by four points here. This game is in Buffalo because they won the division. Give me the Bills to win this game, but give me the Patriots plus four. I like New England getting over three points here. Division rivals, Bill Belichick, playoffs. I like them keeping it close. I think the Bills win, but I think the Bills win by three. So give me the Bills to win, but give me New England plus four. Next, Sunday, Sunday slate, starting things off at 1 o'clock Eastern time. The Philadelphia Eagles at 9-8, and eight, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, defending Super Bowl champions. This game is in Tampa Bay. Buccaneers are favored by 8.5. I like the Buccaneers here, obviously. I don't think Philly stands a chance, but you never know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's playoffs. You're getting over 7 points. I kind of like that. So let me get the Eagles plus 8.5. I might regret it, but we'll see. And give me Tampa Bay to hold it down and win this game nonetheless. Next, this one I'm super excited about. This game right here might be the one that I'm most excited about, honestly. A lot of people might disagree, but I think this is 
really, really spicy. And it's the San Francisco 49ers who finished 10 and 7, taking on the Dallas Cowboys who finished 12 and 5. This game is in Dallas. It's a three point spread. Cowboys are favored by three points. This is the afternoon game on Sunday. I like Dallas to win. And I like Dallas minus three as well. Reason I'm so excited is because. San Francisco is a fun, fun team to watch. I mean, Debo Samuel's so fun to watch. And the way they've turned things around this season, like, it's fun. It's fun football. And obviously, the Dallas Cowboys offense, you know, Dak Prescott having an unbelievable season coming off that injury. They got CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, and so much superstar power on the offensive end that I think this game is going to be really, really entertaining. And I can't wait for that. Then, Sunday Night Football. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who squeaked their way into the playoffs, which was incredible. I couldn't believe they did it. Uh, they're taking on the Kansas City Chiefs, the Super Bowl runner-ups from last year, looking to make it back. This game is in Kansas City. Kansas City's favored by 12.5 points, the biggest spread of the weekend, even over Bucks and Eagles. Could you believe that? No respect for Pittsburgh at all. I don't blame them. I mean, Big Ben, yeah, I think... He's going to have his hands full. Even though the Chiefs defense is not that good, I still don't like it for Big Ben here. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game, but 12.5 points, I got to take that for Pittsburgh. Give me Pittsburgh plus 12.5 there. Then Monday Night Football, where the last first-round playoff game will take place is in Los Angeles. So the Arizona Cardinals at 11-6 taking on the Los Angeles Rams. This is a division rival game. Another one which is going to be a treat. So you got Bills, Patriots, same division, and you got Cardinals, Rams. So teams facing each other for the third time this season. Those are going to be great games. Rams are favored by four points. I like it. Give me the Rams to win and give me the Rams laying the four points. I think the Rams are a better team. I think they're ready. I think Cooper Cup is amazing. The Cardinals have just, they fell off. Like they're not impressive to me at all. So I don't trust them. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams laying the four. And let's see how this first round of the NFL playoffs goes. I like the teams in it. Obviously, I wish my Dolphins were in it, but this is going to be a good, good, good little playoffs we got here. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hope I'm good with these picks. Obviously, my goal is to stay over 500 with the against the spread picks. Enjoy the NFL first week of the playoffs, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll talk about all of that on next week's podcast. All right, so let's get into a little Miami Heat and NBA talk before we wrap things up here. All right, so the Miami Heat right now, at the time I'm recording this podcast, got a record of 25 and 15, currently the third seed in the Eastern Conference around Monday afternoon. Obviously, the Bucks are about to have a game. We'll see how that goes, but... 25 and 15 for the Miami Heat, and they are playing some good, good basketball. And that's pretty much been the recipe throughout the entire season. It's just finding ways to win, clawing wins out of here, guys on protocols, guys on injury. It's the same story. Coach Eric Spolstra continues to get the best out of his players, and they had an impressive week. Obviously, last time I talked to you guys, we were playing the Golden State Warriors in Golden State. And we did lose that game, but it was a tough, tough, close game. Then we played the Portland Trailblazers. Won that game 115-109. to Obviously, another game with no Jimmy Butler. 
But who came through? It's always another guy, right? This time it was Max Struess, finished with seven three-pointers, 25 points. But then here was a little twist to things. Eric Spolstra said, I'm going to put Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to both come off the bench. And let me tell you something. That duo off the bench, hitting threes and sparking the offense, man, that can be some lethal stuff. So it was obviously a trial. Duncan only played 17 minutes, had four three-pointers, though. So Tyler Hero with 16 points off the bench and then Duncan Robinson with 12 points off the bench. Omer Yurtsevin continued to dominate, 14 points, 16 rebounds. He was big time in that big, big win against the Portland Trailblazers. And Kyle Lowry only played 16 minutes because he got ejected that game. So credit to the Miami Heat and Eric Spolstra, of course, for just finding ways to stick together without Jimmy, without Bam, without Kyle, and beating the Portland Trailblazers team on the road, despite them not having Damian Lillard. Still big time. And that led us to Saturday, which was the big game where everybody just can't wait for this game. It's the Heat. It's the Suns. Will Jimmy play? Will he not? Jimmy Butler was questionable, but then was ruled out, so he did not play. And right then and there, Jay Crowder was coming back. DeAndre Ayton was coming back. Like, the Suns had their full team ready to go at home. Best record in the NBA. But the Heat said, no Jimmy, no problem. <laughs> the Miami Heat ended up winning that game 123 to 100 and they set the tone early and did not look back at all Kyle Lowry finished with 14 points and 13 assists Tyler Hero off the bench 33 points 12 of 20 shooting he continues to dominate I mean you're talking about 33 points off the bench against the best record in the NBA the best team in the NBA on the road and how about Duncan Robinson also off the bench 27 points, eight three-pointers, eight three-pointers made. Duncan is starting to find himself in a rhythm, and it was only a damn matter of time. So I hope he continues that unbelievable stretch here by Duncan Robinson. And I really, really like this combo when you're talking about Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero coming off the bench. I mean, Duncan having eight threes off the bench. Tyler Hero, 33 points. That's unbelievable. And also, that's, that's credit to Coach Spolstra. I mean, this is a collective team effort and just brilliant coaching job that he continues to do night in and night out. Guys in and out the lineup. Credit to Eric Spolstra. So as far as Jimmy Butler and his injury update, I believe that he's upgraded to questionable for tomorrow's game. I think he will play. I think they were waiting for them to go back at home for him to play, but he was still on the trip. So... Thank God, obviously, because losing him for quite some time would have been tough for us, but at least it's nothing serious. The fact that he was questionable on back-to-back -back games, those are obviously good signs, so he's going to be back. I've been hearing great news about Deadman. He should be on his way back. Bam Adebayo, probably around mid-January, so maybe next week, maybe 10 days, we'll probably have a, a lot more news coming for Bam Adebayo. Fingers crossed, because we definitely need him. Uh, Gabe Vincent is back from protocol, so that's a good sign. Markeith Morris kind of basically talked on Twitter that he's nearing a return, but we also heard that before, so we'll see about that. It's going to be hard for him to find minutes, though, because you're thinking about all of these guys stepping up and contributing when you're talking about a Caleb Martin, uh, Omer Yurtsevin, Max Struess. I mean, these guys have had the opportunity and completely have taken advantage, but that's why you're happy to have a great head coach like Eric Spolster, because I'm sure he's going to figure all these things out. Uh, a couple of the 10-day contracts expired, that being Chris Silva, Mario Chalmers, Kyle Guy, Highsmith, and the Heat opted not to bring them back. But then 
Obviously, news came out on Monday, a couple people on protocol, so the Heat decided to bring back Kyle Guy and Chris Silva, which are obviously the two that stood out the most, that had the best stretch of the 10 days. Shout out to Mario Chalmers, but they didn't get to play a game. I wish I got to see him play, man. I was excited, but Kyle Guy really deserves the 10-day opportunity. I'm glad he's back. Obviously, you can never have enough shooting, and even though you got Max Strews, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson doing his thing, adding another shooter... It ain't that bad at all, so definitely wanted to touch on that. Also, Jimmy Butler, let's make sure you guys continue to vote for this man for the All-Star Game. Obviously, I put a tweet out there this week, and a lot of people retweeted, so shout out to you guys. Make sure you get this guy in, okay? Remember, he got snubbed last year, and he does not need to get snubbed two years in a row. Uh, Speaking about All-Star, though, man, Tyler Hero, honestly— It's crazy to say this, okay? I'm a big Tyler Hero fan, and every time somebody talks about it, I kind of say, yo, pump the brakes a little bit. And that's when they talk about him being an all-star. But when you look at his numbers and you watch his game and you see what he's doing on a night-to-night basis, it's hard to not even give him some consideration. Now, whether he makes it or not, I don't think so. I don't think he will. I don't think he's ready yet. But man, I mean, for him, I think he honestly deserves some consideration. Like, he's knocking on the door. And if he has an impressive month here, maybe he can get in. But we're talking about a a third-year player here off the bench, averaging 20.6 points a game, 4.9 rebounds a game, and 3.9 assists. So you're basically averaging five rebounds, four assists, 20, and over 20 points, near 21. Shooting over 42%, nearly 43, 42.7 off the bench, playing a lot of minutes, stepping in when people are out, you know, just rebounding when he needs to, playmaking when he needs to, shooting the lights out, being clutch. And he's also improved on the defensive end. Is it perfect? No, but it's better. It's better than it's been in the previous seasons. So you look at Tyler Hero's game and Tyler Hero's season. I mean, it's hard not to give that man consideration. So we'll see. Hopefully he has a strong, strong month because then he would really, really make things interesting i don't think he'll get there though but i think he definitely deserves the consideration so get them votes in for tyler hero as well but yeah uh, also bam out of bio like i said he might return this month i don't know if he'll have enough time to really make a case for him making an all-star which sucks because obviously he missed it last year and we know he's deserving of it because of what he can do but i don't think he'll have enough time to really showcase that he can squeeze in there with such little time being that he missed so many games but we'll see we got three games this week so tomorrow night we're taking on the hawks in atlanta then on friday we come back home facing the hawks again and then saturday playing the philadelphia 76ers at home so it's a back-to-back but they're both at home so we'll be sleeping at home getting the rest we need we don't have to worry about traveling so i like that but these matchups They're going to be spicy. Obviously, beating the Hawks two times in a row, that's going to be hard. So I'm assuming we're going to split, but we'll see. We'll see which one Jimmy plays. I'm assuming he'll be back for that Wednesday game, even though it's on the road. I thought he'd come back Friday, but, I mean, him being questionable, back-to-back games, there's, like, Jimmy's definitely going to try to get out there. But Saturday night, that's going to be a big one. Obviously, you're taking on the Sixers, who I hate the most, and they've gave us so much trouble throughout the last couple years. Even though since Jimmy's come, it's, it, things are different. But I always want to be Philadelphia. I can't stand the Sixers. So I'm extremely excited for that matchup right there. So hopefully at least a positive week. Hopefully 2-1. and one. That's what I'm hoping for the most. 
and just get these guys healthy, man. Um, also, other news around the NBA. Klay Thompson <laughs> making his return on Sunday to the Golden State Warriors, and man, was that fun to watch. He had 17 points, obviously started the game, hit three-pointers, and just the energy, man, the energy that that guy bought within the whole building, within Twitter, the NBA, the fan base, the regular NBA fans. Like, who the hell doesn't love Klay Thompson? I mean, if you don't like Klay Thompson, something is wrong with you. So it was really nice to see Klay Thompson get back out there and shoot and bring that energy and great vibe to just the NBA in general. Like the NBA is better when you see guys like healthy, especially superstars, especially humble superstars like a Clay Thompson is. And I thought he did okay. Like I, I thought he did pretty damn good, honestly. Like even though he didn't play a lot of minutes, like you saw glimpses of it. Like you saw the jump shots go in and it's only a matter of time when you got a shooter like that. Once he starts to get rhythm and he sees like three or four or five knocked down, you're in for a long, long, long night. That's for damn sure. Um, also, other people that definitely deserve a shout out. John Morant. I mean, the tear that he's on is unbelievable. And he has the Grizzlies right now in the fourth seed in the Western Conference. Like, that's unbelievable right there. Grizzlies are obviously right now 28 and 14. Like, who would have thought that? Not me. So... That coach as well in Memphis, he definitely deserves some coach of the year consideration. So it's spicy, a lot of spicy stuff. And then obviously I want to talk about a new thing I want to do while we talk NBA topics is I want to talk about a couple games of the week in the NBA. So here in my game of the week, obviously not counting none of the heat ones, Wednesday night. So tomorrow night, we got a spicy one on ESPN primetime. We got the Brooklyn Nets, I almost said New Jersey Nets taking on the Chicago Bulls. Kyrie Irving will play since that game is on the road in Chicago. Bulls, obviously, number one record in the Eastern Conference. Nets knocking right on the door at number two. Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant taking on Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, MVP candidate, and Nikola Vucevic. That's going to be a very, very entertaining game. So I'm looking forward to that. Who wins? I'm going to say the Nets win. I mean, the fact that they got those big three playing, it gives them such a different dynamic, and I think they win that game. Uh, Thursday, Warriors-Bucks, also prime time. Klay Thompson back in the mix. He'll be playing, taking on the defending champs. That's going to be a really, really entertaining game. I think it's going to be harder for Klay to get his shots off going against a defensive team like the Milwaukee Bucks, but nonetheless, I mean, pretty much potential finals if the Heat don't make it like this is a good matchup Warriors Bucks definitely looking forward to that and then last but not least Friday another primetime game this time it's the Warriors going against the Chicago Bulls two top teams in each conference number one seed in the east number one seed in the west both taking each other on I think that's going to be really really fun and a lot of Warriors stuff here because why not? I mean, you got Klay Thompson back. Hopefully, Draymond Green plays. He did not play on Sunday. Obviously, that calf is bothering him. But nonetheless, Splash Brothers going against this Bulls team. That's must-see TV. And yeah, I just wanted to definitely throw that out there. It's going to be a new segment, new thing we throw in for the NBA stuff. Kind of my games of the week. So right there, Wednesday night, Nets versus Bulls. Thursday, Warriors versus Bucks, and then Friday, Warriors versus Bulls. All these games on primetime, so you don't have to have league pass. These are pretty much going to be everywhere. Must-see TV for sure, and we'll see how that goes. 
All right, so that's a wrap. Episode 52 in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day and listening to this podcast. Thank you for the support. Dolphin fans, I appreciate the hell out of you for rocking with me throughout the entire Dolphin season. I know it's been a roller coaster ride. I've been right with you, you know, dealing with the same things you guys were dealing with. All right, I was stressing with you throughout the whole thing. And just like I said on my Dolphin segment, it's not over. Just because the Dolphin season is over does not mean I'm going to stop talking Dolphins. We have a whole offseason to talk about, a new head coaching thing to talk about, mock drafts, draft stuff, free agency. I will definitely have you covered. So keep it locked in here with the Miami Sports Vibes podcast. And also, have a great week. NFL playoffs are here. Enjoy the hell out of those. And then NBA. I said some three good games this week. So make sure you keep it locked in on those. We're definitely going to talk about them on next week's podcast. And make it a great week, guys. And thanks for listening to the Miami Sports Vibes podcast with Nando Diaz.